0: Well, hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of The Boundless Show. Lisa Anderson here with you. And later on for our inbox, we have a listener who's noticing a common pattern among her peers. A girl's interested in someone, but then the guy won't ask her out. And how can she navigate this? Well, our friend Josh Zajczyk is going to give some helpful ideas. And then for our culture segment, we have Dan Houck and Chris Fotaco here uh, back with us again to talk more about how to do relationships well as a single person and then as someone who moves into the dating sphere. So this is going to be part two. Uh, Make sure you stay tuned. All right. Now for our roundtable, I need to introduce uh, two boundless friends and stalwarts, uh, John Pearden and James Clapper, who are here. Hey, guys.
1: Hey, Lisa. Hello.
0: (laughs) Well, good to have you. Uh, James, bless his heart, is piping in from vacation in Florida. He's actually standing outside blazing away in 90 plus degree heat to talk to us today. So we appreciate you, James.
2: Oh, that's how much I love you guys.
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, we knew we couldn't do a 700th show celebration without including you um, because I need to make it known. I think a lot of people who are newer listeners to the show uh, don't understand that statistically the average podcast is around four. 12 episodes or six months. So that is like the average shelf life of a podcast. We have now been around for 13 years at Boundless. Back in the olden days, uh, we started doing this show. We were one of the first. And so um, we've loved it ever since. And we've had so many great memories coming through. Um, It really has has been a blast to be part of. So we thought we would take a little bit of time today Uh, to share and reflect a little bit, share some memories that we have uh, from listeners, uh, from you guys, as well as from ourselves and some of our own memories. And so um, first off, why don't you two guys, and I will as well, but John, maybe we'll start with you, give a rundown of when you started at Boundless and kind of what your first maybe impressions of Boundless were (laughs) getting involved.
1: So I started as the producer for Boundless in February of 2020 so literally right before the pandemic hit. Mm. And my first impressions of it were recording remotely mm-hmm. because we were having to make adjustments with COVID. We were piping in guests all the time, but God's been good to us. And we've had a lot of fun along the way, even in spite of all the different interviews we had to do piping in people remotely.
0: Yeah, that is like so nuts because I feel like you've been around here for like five years. I really? mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy to yeah, think like that. make sense. Yeah, that was just over a year ago, but in in pandemic time, it's like five years. So that's
2: right. Dog, it's like dog years.
0: <laughs> it is. James, how about you?
2: Well, I came as a, a temp back in 2018, so three years, um, and my first impression was, "This is fun. I get to do office work all day, just going through a whole bunch of old, <laughs> old uh, blog posts and articles, and freshening them up for the uh, website update." But then I got offered the, the job in December and got to do some, uh, you know, more of the social stuff. And that was really fun. So, yeah, that was my first kind of entry into balance.
0: Yeah, well, that's cool. And as most of you guys listening know, I've been here for a long time. Um, in fact, my involvement with Boundless started before I was an employee of Boundless. I was on our PR team here at Focus on the Family, and uh, Boundless was actually one of my clients. And so at the time, the guys who were running Boundless, those of you oldsters remember Steve and Candice Waters and Mott Brown and Ted Slater, all of them. Um, So they said, you know, we're going to start this podcast and you want to take a stab at hosting it. And again, that was literally 13 years ago. So uh, kind of nutty. So, um, well, we have a few clips uh, throughout the show that we want to play. And one of our listeners, Chelsea, sent us this comment about how the show has helped her.
3: Hey there, it's Chelsea. Boundless has helped me realize that I'm not alone with my struggles of singleness, The community is wonderful and always ready to pray if somebody is having a hard night or going through a trial. It is wonderful to know that I'm not alone and that these feelings are perfectly normal.
0: Well, that's super cool. And Chelsea, I'm so glad that you uh, mentioned the importance of prayer and the priority of prayer, because again, we always say here at Boundless that we want to keep our shoulder around you as you navigate whatever you're going through in life. And I'm glad that we can do that as a, as a community. Uh, James, I know that you are very involved in folks' uh, comments online and what they say in our insiders group and on social in general. Um, do you see that kind of sentiment a lot?
2: Yeah, you know, that comment kind of encapsulates what really, I don't know, encourages me with doing stuff for Boundless, you know, having the ability to create that kind of or at least help create this kind of community where people feel like they're not alone. So that's really cool for me.
0: Yeah, it is fun. And specifically, I mean, not that we want to leave out our readers and all that, you know, there are some folks that just, you know, they mostly read articles and stuff. But I do feel historically, and John, you could probably attest to this, that our podcast our show listeners tend to be the the most passionate and the ones who are like boundless I just you know can't get through a week without you guys and so that's fun to hear from you guys in particular
1: yeah without a doubt I have a friend in college who even before I took over the producer role here at boundless I was producing some other shows that focus on the family at the time and he told me he said I literally will sit at work I'll put my headphones in and I'll listen to Boundless, and I'm actually going through episodes uh, that aired years ago. And this is a guy in South Carolina, yeah, 1,000-plus miles away, and I've even ran into people here in the community um, and gotten to share my story of joining Boundless, and they'll say, like, oh, I love the show so much. You guys have helped me tremendously. So you guys who listen to the show and Chelsea – for sending in that comment just thank you all for what you guys do and we wouldn't have the show without you
0: well, let's go ahead, maybe the three of us, and share uh, some of our favorite moments. And I know, you know, we've done kind of benchmark shows. We did one at our 500th episode. We did one at our 100th episode, um, different ones. And so I've shared memories over the years. But what would, uh, what would you guys say, maybe, James, you can start uh, some favorite moments throughout Boundless, whether the show or otherwise?
2: I think one of my favorite moments was pretty early on. I had commented, or posted a meme at least, about pineapple on pizza and how I was very much against it. So one of our (laughs) our Boundless fans said that he would order us a pineapple pizza with stuffed crust, that was my condition, Um, if I ate it and posted a video of it. So that was like one of the first face lives we did of me eating pineapple pizza. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I still, like, I would never order it, still. But it was OK. So that was just a really fun experience. And it's kind of sketchy, too, because it's like, is this legit? Some dude from thousands of miles away is ordering <laughs> us pizza. Like, is it going to be poisoned? Like, what's, what's the deal with that? But it turned out to be fine. So that was just a really fun experience. And that, you know, kind of feeling that community aspect.
0: Yeah. Well, you managed to survive. And I'm not sure you were too concerned because you actually fed some to your son. So <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> there is true. that. Any other moments that come to mind? You know, one thing I like is
2: actually just hearing some of these stories and having the opportunity to really engage with the boundless community uh, through especially prayer requests. You know, that's a pretty special thing to be able to do is to request, you know, or put out a post saying, hey, does anyone have any prayer requests? And then be able to pray for people, Um, even though it's online and stuff, just to hear from people to have them open up like that and then to have the opportunity just to bless them in that way has been a really special thing for me.
0: Yeah. And that is so cool because that is something that I personally love about boundless. Like both of your examples are so great because it shows that we have a lot of fun together. We, Mm -hmm. you know, do wacky stuff. We do the lives. People send us pizza. People send us weird memes and all people come and visit us, which y'all need to be doing more now that COVID is uh, abating. So Put it on your calendar, people. Um, But at the same time, we get to really enter into people's lives through prayer, through encouragement. Um, We get daily, I mean, at least weekly, someone who is like, man, I... Left an abusive relationship because of something I heard on Boundless. Or I, Mm -hmm. I mean, I got an email not too long ago from a girl who was like, I'm not even a Christian, but I like listening to Boundless because I think it gives great advice. And so just people who are being met in their everyday walks, it's just really cool for us to have the privilege of being part of their experience. So John, how about you? Memories?
1: I would say two that immediately come to mind that are actually fairly recent one was the roundtable that we did back in April called The Fun and Fright of Asking Girls Out. <laughs> that was with you our got friends. good tips? Yeah. I, I learned a lot personally from yeah. that one, and yeah. I, the energy was extremely good, and the stories were funny. So I would definitely, to our listeners, if you've not listened to that one yet, definitely go online and check that one out. And I think another one that really stands out was the time that we had a conversation with Beckett Cook hmm. about his... Transformation of living as a gay man in Hollywood, and now he is full blown just on fire for Jesus. And just hearing his story of how he has given up so much to follow Christ has inspired me tremendously. And so, um, I was just blown away by his story,
0: yeah. That um, I have told many people that that book, his book, A Change of Affection, is probably the best book that I read in 2020 as far as just straight up emotional impact on me and the fact that uh, the reminder that Jesus Christ is still daily changing lives, rescuing people from their own sin, and just doing supernatural work. And I was so encouraged by that. Um, by the way, folks, if you haven't seen last month for Pride Month, Beckett actually wrote a new post for us on how to love your LGBT friends, family, neighbors, all that uh, in a very God-honoring way. So make sure you check that out on our site. Um, yeah awesome I, I I was thinking through especially some of our more recent you know the last couple years kind of stuff and um, I remember just a couple show highlights um one that I really enjoyed doing was even coming up with the series we did on respectable sins <laughs> yes because it was kind of one of those Absolutely. things of like especially I mean when you're asking for guests for those like right. who wants to talk about dealing with excess and self-control I mean who wants to talk about you know being whiny and uh, being discontent in your life and so it was just really neat to see people come forward and say, you know what, I struggle with that, and I'm willing to talk about it. I was I was encouraged uh, by that, and then um, all of the interviews I think that we've done on like interpersonal relationships and forgiveness and mm-hmm. conflict have been very personally. Uh, important to me just because I've navigated a lot of stuff, whether with family and stuff. I remember uh, Gary Thomas on his book, Just Walk Away, dealing with toxic Mm -hmm. people. Um, Our own Tim Sanford here at uh, Focus, one of our counselors who wrote a book called Forgive for Real. Great application there as far as the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. I'd never known the difference before. So great learnings there. And then kind of on um, on the fun side, when we brought in that um, police detective and just had him give like safety tips (laughs) for like dating and being out and about and stuff I was like that's pretty legit and we got to do a couple videos with him that did very well uh, for us I think and uh, so it was just kind of fun again showing the practical aspects of how we try to uh, help people out as well I think that uh, makes it kind of fun so all right well another listener uh, named Anna sent us this comment and we want you to take a listen Hi Lisa and boundless team. This is Anna from Minnesota. I want to thank you for the episode titled should women pursue men, particularly a verse from Proverbs that was shared during the discussion that says open rebuke is better than hidden love. It was this episode that prompted me to finally say to a friend at church that if he wanted to ask me on a date sometime, he should let me know. He did ask me on a date and I'm pleased to say that man is now my husband. Thank you so much for all the ways you encourage and support me and all young adults. Okay, so there are so many awesome things about that comment. Anna, thank you so much for weighing in. Um, First off, you're from Minnesota, and that's where I was born. So props to you for that. Um, second that you actually referenced an episode about you know dating and kind of your own struggles there and just like hey putting it out there um, using in fact referencing a verse that maybe that one about open rebuke maybe that's my life verse I don't know we'll see um, but then also just that it you were able to apply it and you have such a neat story coming out of that I think that's really encouraging to me to see.
1: Yeah, it's stories like that, Anna, that remind us that this is why we do what we do. And thank you for just telling us part of your story because it's just, it inspires us when we hear those kind of testimonies about how these programs are being used by God to change relationships, literally. So kudos to you for stepping up and talking to your friend who's now your husband.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean,. That's what I like about Boundless, too, is that we, you know, we had the conversation about should a woman uh, pursue, and we got a couple different perspectives, and it turned out that, yeah, this totally worked for Anna, so it's really fun to hear that, I mean, what we did there totally impacted someone's life in a great way, so I'm that makes me excited.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's cool when we can talk through when we have the space, whether it's in an article or a show, to talk through the nuance of it, you know, because she didn't say. And so I called him every night for three weeks until he finally relented and asked me out. Or I I went and cattily told him what a jerk he was if he wouldn't ask me out. You know, I mean, it was like she just kind of did her part and was like, Hey, uh, FYI, I'm here and available if you might want to say something. And sure enough, he did. And he, that little nudge, uh, got him along his way. And so I think that's kind of fun, uh, fun to hear. So, all right. Well, we also have a clip from one of our guys, uh, one of our listeners, Jacob. And so take a listen.
4: What's up boundless fam. This is Jacob Ertl coming to you from Wisconsin. I found The Boundless Show when I was 10 years old on iTunes, and I've been listening uh, on and off somewhat ever since. I really appreciate how Boundless provides uh, sort of like parental wisdom from, you know, a source that's not my parents. Um, And now as I get older
0: and I'm in my 20s, I appreciate it even more. So thank you so much. Okay. Jacob, um, I think you might be officially our youngest regular listener ever. If you started listening at 10 years old, um, that's pretty wild and and pretty fun. And I'm so glad that you've stuck with us. And now you said you're in your twenties and are still listening. And, uh, yeah, it's funny because sometimes I'll talk to parents and they'll be like, so I'm trying to tell my young adult child about Boundless, but they're kind of like, I don't think they want to hear from me. And and so it is great uh, when folks, you know, from any walk of life do recommend Boundless to someone else. But we are grateful that we can kind of, uh, you know, be the people that are maybe a few steps ahead or maybe just walk in right alongside you and give you encouragement in the midst of that. So um, guys, represent Jacob. Thank you for being one of them uh james or john any comments
2: yeah i just think that's great that he has been listening since he's 10 years old like imagine that before everyone else he already had like all this wisdom and stuff because i definitely was not thinking about dating and adulthood when i was 10 but no i think that's actually really cool that as a 10 year old even he was interested in that and preparing since then so hopefully it's worked for you i mean he's still with us so that's good
0: yeah that is fun And I'm very grateful, too, that he didn't get married at the age of 12 um, after (laughs) feeling that like two years of Boundless. He's like, okay, I'm ready. Um, Thanks for hanging in there, Jacob. And of course, we wish you all the best. So, um, well, guys, as we wrap up, what is kind of one thing that you would say to our listeners? Maybe that person that just started listening or maybe they're kind of like, oh, I, you know, I have so many podcasts I keep up with or what, you know, what else should I know about Boundless? What would you say to me? Uh, Any kind of advice? How would you? To, um, speak to them?
2: Well, one thing I want to say is, you know, participate in Boundless. Feel free to message us, email us, you know, with your questions, um, comments on our stuff. We really like to hear from you guys. So I feel like, you know, that's what really builds the community is when you guys participate, that's really fun to see because you also have stuff to offer to everyone else. So, you know, don't feel like you're just uh, taking in Boundless, but feel like you can also contribute to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I completely want to reiterate that. You guys that write to us, that listen to the show, you are what makes the show. And I would also just encourage you that whatever season of life you're in, know that we're here for you. And even if you're really struggling with something, write to us and just let us know that you need prayer, because that is what we exist for, is to reach out to people who are hurting, to offer a helping hand, and uh, never be afraid to just Get it out there and say, hey, I need help because we all do from time to time.
0: Yeah. And I would just add, I mean, especially for those of you who are newer, I mean, you might think of Boundless as just, you know, we're just in your phone or in your computer or whatever, and we're kind of nameless and faceless, but we would love it if you would come. I mean, if you come out and visit us, like we would love to just say hi. I mean, let us know, send us a message, you know, if you can come by our campus, Uh, summer's a great time to do that. Um, Or if you want to just send us a little video greeting or uh, just ping us on social or whatever, um, um, but I I just love to see visitors, and it really is, especially after this ridiculous pandemic. We would love to see you in person and be like, hey, how can we encourage you? Uh, that would be so fun for us to do. And I know many of you have mentioned events like Pursuit, and when are we going to start them up again? We would love to do that as well, and so stay tuned. Um, in the meantime, though, take that survey, okay, boundless.org slash survey. Let us know what you love about Boundless, what has uh, been meaningful to you, and just a little bit about yourself as well. So, you guys, uh, John and James, thanks so much for being part of the Boundless team, and thanks for contributing today.
2: You're welcome.
1: Thanks, Lisa. It's been fun.
4: Yes.
0: folks we're here for this week's culture segment and this is a continued conversation with my friends Dan Houck and Chris Watako Um, if you did not hear last week's conversation jump back and uh, get in on that because we kind of laid the foundation for what we're going to talk about today and you know it's not like we don't talk about dating here on the boundless show we do and you've heard a lot of this um, bits and pieces but this is again a great uh, lens on what why we struggle sometimes in relationships and really what we can do better practically to move the needle towards relationships and marriages that honor God. And so Dan and Chris, welcome back to the Boundless Show.
5: Thank you Great to be back, Lisa.
0: All right. Well, okay, I gave a little teaser last week about uh, this concept of intentional friendships and it's something that you guys talk about in the book and I remember just underlining stuff as I was reading it and being like, okay, what would this actually look like for me and who are the people out there that I would even be like, do I want an intentional friendship? But I want to back <laughs> I want to back it up. We need to, I need to put out like I'm going to post it on social and be like apply within or something. But no, um <laughs> (laughs) Let's back it up because Chris, you actually, I'm going to start with you. You actually say something uh, in the book that people are just going to like, you know, first of all, everyone wants to do friendship well and stuff, but but they're just going to gasp when they hear this because you actually say in the book how you have benefited greatly from building healthy friendships with guys, with, you know, people of the opposite sex. And this is where like all us church people are just like, oh no, we can't do that because that's too dangerous and that's going to be something crazy is going to happen or it's going to be all you know become defrauding and you know we throw out all the terms of what this is going to look like but you talk about you say that it's actually a great way to grow as a person and a great way to just kind of explore different people and their personalities and find out is this someone that I'd want to get to know better so what does that look like for you to do a friendship with a guy in a healthy way
3: Well, you know, like in any situation, I mean, if you're friends with a guy, there's always that chance that he likes you romantically and you don't like him and vice versa. I mean, that can happen. But I can tell you that I have a ton of guy friends where I promise you neither one of us are thinking that way. And I've also had friendships over the years where neither one of us were thinking. And then a year went by or two years went by and we grew to care about each other from the inside out. Like we really began to see their heart and their love for God and their consistency with ministry and and their dreams and goals. And like, well, you know what? He looks, you know, he looks kind of good, you know? And and so I love that. What I love about men that are my friends, one, is Jesus gives us the model. He did it. And so if Jesus can do it, I can do it. But you have boundaries. You have to have a brain in your head, you Mm -hmm. know, and think about this. And also be sensitive that you know, not to mislead or lead, uh, you know, a person on to think that there's something more than there. But what I love about men is that I want to hear their perspective. I want to hear what they think about us. I want to hear their challenges, their struggles. Um, I want to be supportive of them. I want to pray for them. I want to learn from them because I'd like to have one of them Mm -hmm. one day still. (laughs) So to me, in order for me to be a really good friend, sister, you know, and then eventually a wife maybe, I think I need to learn about who they are and that's why I think it's important to have a good friendship with guys.
0: Okay, now maybe Dan you can speak to this cuz you talk uh, very, you know, specifically in the book about how what is a dangerous pattern is to start kind of in the dating space and then try to back it up and add some friendship to it. And, you, you know, you call it the dating to friendship cycle, which ends up being a little bit uh, disjointed and could kind of set you up for some bad patterns. Why is that so bad in trying to build a good relationship? Um, And I know, you know, if you think of it, I I know you told a story in the book about a couple uh, from a singles ministry you were in where the woman actually got a tattoo of her boyfriend's name that was maybe a little presumptuous because this exact thing happened and it didn't work out. So why are they putting the cart before the horse?
5: That's right. If you get a tattoo of your boyfriend's ma- name, make sure it's John. That we can make it John Ten Ten or something after after it <laughs> Oh my but,
0: word! Wait,
3: wait a minute, Dan. Um, you weren't gonna tell. You weren't gonna tell my personal story on the air.
5: That's right. Right. I'm sorry, Chris, but here we go. Well, actually, yeah. It's it's kind of the the way we do relationships. It's the way we've learned it. At least that's the way I learned it. Um, and you you get into a relationship and you kind of practice this pattern of you see somebody, you, you kind of, you, you know, get the butterflies, you like him, you ask them out, you hope you can build a good friendship and it's going to all work out. And then when it doesn't, it's, it's devastating. And the reason is because it's a little bit backwards because you're built, you're trying to build intimacy with somebody you're romantically involved with. And, um, and it sounds weird, but... If, if you look at this person as a friend first and you can just take a little more time to get to know them, then you can build a friendship that you can still have those butterflies and everything, but you can build a friendship. And if they become the kind of a person you say, you know what, I, I do want to go to the next step with them, then you've already established uh, some of their character and you know, whether they click with you or not and then it makes it's a lot smarter to take that next step so your intimacy you're not hurt because you actually have put yourself in a intimate relationship with somebody for a long time and invested hours and hours and hours you know yeah so that's kind of the concept of doing the intentional relationship after the the friendship and it's something you can do with multiple people you don't have to just have one friendship going at a time obviously yeah
0: Well, and I'm glad you alluded to that because this is where I want you guys to start painting the picture of how I mean, (laughs) this is where people are going to take out their notebooks and they're going to start diagramming like, okay, they're telling me step one, step two, and it's going to get super weird, you know, people are going to get weird with this. So I need you guys to just help debunk some of the you know, like people freaking out about how am I supposed to do this? And how do I approach this? So walk someone into an intentional friendship how do you even broach this subject with someone? Let's assume that you found someone at church in your small group, whatever, and you're like, I yep. would like to get to know this person better. What do you do?
3: Well, this 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 also applies to online, because we know a lot of people are, are dating. I, I don't even like that word. I wish they could just say online friendship or something like this, But uh, and, and the concept behind it. But kind of how it came about for me was that because fewer and fewer churches were having singles ministry— how are singles gonna meet each other? So if you if you're in church and you're beside somebody every single Sunday and you're in the same small group and the same gathering group and the same fun group, I'm going to get to know that person fairly well over a period of months and, and see their walk with God. But what if you you belong to a mega church and you don't see them every week or all the other churches out there? How would I get to know that person's character? How do I get to know their, their background? How do I get to know their dreams or goals? Their, you know, what are they, do they? they want to be married? Do they want children? You know, what are their struggles? And not fall into what Dan just talked about: dating first and then going, oh, now I want to be your buddy after I've emotionally attached myself to you. And so um, what I've done, I've finished five of these, and I've also been in several that didn't make it past the first two or three conversations. So what I recommend is, you know, you know, if somebody in casual conversation, you can bring up the topic, and that's what I do. Everywhere I go, every time I'm around other singles, I bring up the concept of intentional friendship. I say, listen, it's the step between someone that you see here and there, you know, occasionally, and dating. So it's a period of time that I'm giving you permission to ask me harder questions and I can ask you harder questions to get to know you better, but we're still friends. It shouldn't look like we're dating because we're just friends. But it's more than generic because I don't know when I'll see you, but it's not dating. So it's this in-between place. So I think you have to talk about it. You have to introduce the idea, the concept, and then both make a commitment that, hey, I would like to get to know you better. Um, But I do give some, you know, Dan and I give some guidelines on making sure that you don't get ahead of God, right, Dan, that you don't?
5: Yeah, what you're doing is you're just putting some boundaries in place, and you're not doing something with the person that you would do with a same-sex friend, right? You're holding hands, kissing, things like that. You're intentionally, maybe even you want to go faster, but you're intentionally slowing down to make sure that the friendship is what's coming first with them, and you're getting to know them.
0: Yeah. And you actually give in the book, I really like this. It's very practical. You give a ton of questions kind of to guide folks in here are the types of things that maybe you can be discovering about each other in an appropriate way. Um, But talk a little bit about, you know, maybe give a couple examples of the questions within the book. And then I like how you divvy up a section on uh, as you're finding out things about a person, there are certain green, yellow, and red flags to be (laughs) on the lookout for because they're going to help you to. determine are we moving forward with this do i need to find out some more info or is this a cut my losses and run <laughs> run and you yeah. know be single for the rest of my life or at least next week so yeah talk yeah, about in that the
5: monastery a right
0: yeah so we came up with
5: 650 questions and they are you know Pretty exhaustive. We tried to come up with every possible category we could think. This question is if you have kids or if you've never had kids, married, divorced, never married, widowed, everything under the sun. So obviously, there's, they're not going to pertain to every single person. But if they do spark some interest in you and you think, oh my gosh, that's an important question, then it's the kind of a thing you'll want to bring up at some point in your friendship as you're building a friendship. And obviously, if you're meeting somebody the first time, you don't say, Hey, what's your credit score? You know, that, that might be a little off putting. But you, you would ask question, financial questions down the road when you were getting to know somebody uh, if that's somebody you might want to date at some point. Yeah. So, and there's all kinds of, yeah, Chris could give you maybe some examples of questions and then what the flags are that we talk about.
3: Yeah. Well, and here's the thing the point of intentional friendship is the word intentional. I'm intentionally wanting to get to know you, but I'm not ready to date you because I don't know you. But at the same time, if I wait till I see you again, it could be six months from now. So if I meet you at a Bible study, we're feeling a little bit. I call it a little chemistry, and I do what's called pre-flight questions. You know, I do a little couple. You know, for me, I need to know, are you willing to move? And I want to know, do you have any kids you got? You know, these are some things that I want to know up front, and I'll just do that in casual conversation while we're all sitting around having, you know, uh, a milkshake. But if I feel like, you know, this person is, we're feeling some type of chemistry or connection, um, the the old Chris would have said, Hey, let's go out and have dinner and make sure you know you're dating. The new Chris goes, Hey, I would like to have dinner with you, but I want to ask you some things and get to know you better. Would you be okay with that? And you have permission to do the same thing. And so, some of the questions are, you know, here's the thing, Lisa. I don't want to wait till I'm dating a guy to find out that he has dead up to his eyeballs. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wait till I'm dating a guy and I'm emotionally attached to find out that he has an addiction of some kind. Um, I don't want to wait to find out that he has an anger issue. Because when we're in that beginning of a relationship, we have our best foot forward, and we don't really show the real person till later. But unfortunately, by then, my heart's involved. By then, I will start ignoring those red, yellow, and green flags. I'll ignore them because I'll just go, you know, it's okay, you know, I'm not perfect, you know. And so because we've we've become emotionally attached, we become stupid, and it goes back to the blind spot. So we don't tell people, I'm not going to ask every single question. Some of them are very personal, but it's designed for you to ask in the friendship, intentional friendship, intentional dating, and engagement, and in some cases, we have married couples reading this study, and they're going, Chris, there's things in here that I never even asked my spouse, and I'm enjoying even getting to know my spouse better. Um, now, Dan, he loves those flags, and <laughs> I know he would love to share a little bit more about the flags.
5: Yes, we all talk about red flags, uh, and what we want is green flags. So, uh, yeah. the, the, here's the typical approach to red flags. Like if it's if it's crazy, like I'm worried about my safety. You know, people are going to not want to be around that. But a lot of times it's a little more subtle. Like, well, you know, I know they they had some uh, problems being loyal in their previous relationships. Maybe maybe they'll be different with me. Uh, there's things you want to look at that come up in in the course of a relationship or as you're getting to know them. That. You start to realize, okay, this is character-related potentially. Let's say, for example, we talk about this: someone has an addiction, and that addiction, you, you go, okay, that's definitely a red flag because somebody who has an addiction has a very hard time in relationships. Doesn't mean it's impossible, but it has a hard time because that addiction is such an important part of their life uh, in, in a negative way. Uh, but but what if that person that that addiction is quite a few years in the past. Yes, they've had that, that problem, but they're actually looking like they're making progress and, and they haven't struggled with it. Well, now that says another thing about their character, right? So you want to look at those kinds of things and be able to talk about them while you're building a friendship, knowing we all have stuff, right? We all have problems and, and struggles, mistakes we've made. And, you know, hopefully you get grace but you also don't want to be in a relationship with somebody when they really need to be working on something that's very important in their life that could get in the way of a relationship. So that's kind of the point of the flags. Is like, where are we as far as relationship readiness?
0: Yeah. Now, are you two saying that, uh, you're saying the intentional friendship stage, you could be kind of going through these questions with a couple people at once? This is not an exclusive situation.
3: Well, well, because it's friendship, yeah it should not be an issue now. we did have a lady in our we did a Bible study online, and she was a very southern girl and was very polite and, and she felt and I'm southern, but she felt that she could not do this with more than one person because once you didn't have time and then cause in in the in the guidelines we say no more than talking two to three times a week an hour at a time because you're practicing boundaries you know you not shouldn't be texting every day that's called dating et cetera, et cetera and she felt you know, for me, I can only focus on one person at a time. And we came back at her and said, why? Oh, well, because it's in her opinion, it was kind of like dating, right, Dan? She kind of thought of it. Right. And we had to say, this is not dating. I, uh, the, It's just friendship. Mm-hmm. But you're making an effort to say, I, I need to ask that guy some harder questions or that girl some harder questions. And I don't want to wait till I'm dating. So I want to be intentional and to say, hey, yeah, I'd love to have a cup of coffee, or yeah, we can talk over the phone, but can I get past the fluff of your favorite, you know, popsicle flavor and where you want to go on vacation? Can I ask you some really personal questions that are important to me? Especially if you're a young single and you feel, hey, I've got a plan. God said I'm going to be a missionary in some foreign country, and you meet a guy and his idea is like, I want to be married and have six kids. I promise you, you should not even have a date, Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's kind of like why you ask those questions now. You don't wait till you're emotionally invested, and then you find out God has called you in different directions, and now you have to break up, or one of you has to, I guess, be disobedient to God. And so we don't want that to happen. I just want to protect singles. I don't want them to go through what I've gone through. Anything that I can do to help protect them, to have really good friendships, and if it doesn't work out, you're still friends. You're still friends. yeah.
0: Well, and good point there. And I think the other thing that's important to remember is that if this is kind of like anyone can come and go as they please here this isn't like you don't have to you're not having a breakup from an intentional friendship this is like you know hey I appreciated getting to know you a little bit you know let's just move on this is no there's no ties here there's no commitment there's no responsibilities and that's what people try to do in dating and they try to be all chill about it but then they're like writing their name with the guy's last name and they're (laughs) meeting families and stuff and it gets super messy (laughs) and so are you
3: looking at my journal
0: i know i know chris this is where it gets tricky and you have to be honest about about this so um but okay so now let's you know we we need to move on here and talk about okay so you've asked these questions and all of a sudden you're like this is a legit person i i'm assuming you don't just look down at your sheet and say okay well let's see my next question in the list is how about dating i mean what how do you smoothly move into that transition what does that look like
5: I let me tell you what happened in my relationship and it was funny because with Teresa, um, I actually said to her, You know what, I'd I'd like to start dating you. You know, I'd like to us to just start getting to know each other that way. You know, I you know, we, we had talked a little bit before this as we were getting to know each other and and I think well, obviously she felt I was the kind of person she could be with and I, I felt the same way about her and so we we started dating. Um I don't think it has to be super complicated but, but if you understand I'm building a friendship with the potential that it could be more, you know, I would assume that you know, at some point people would understand that, that that one or both parties would bring that up. You know, they you know, if it felt like it was going smoothly, then it would be a natural thing to say, Hey, what would you think about starting a date?
3: Well, and you know, with me like I had one guy when one of the the only way I could write on this is I had to go through them and, and then learn the things that I did wrong. And, you know, one of them, I text a guy every day, and I think that's called dating. Uh, one guy, we talked about marriage right away. Uh, that was wrong. You know, the, the fact that we were in an intentional friendship, we both wanted to be married. We don't have to talk about it because it got us ahead of God. But one of my intentional friendships, how I knew, you guys are going to laugh at this, Dan, you may remember this. I think I have see even in the book is that we had talked for three months very healthy friendship. Didn't talk about marriage. Didn't. There was nothing in our in our friendship that looked like we were dating. He came to help me move, and we're sitting on the couch, and he grabbed my hand, and I went, "Oh, I guess we're dating." And so, then we started talking, and I said, "Oh, okay, so um, we we transitioned into the next step." And what was great is we talked about it. We moved towards that, but then he realized he wasn't ready. He started thinking about what this meant. And this is what's cool, guys, is when he said, you know what? I'm not ready to date. And I go, you know what? It's okay. I was upset for a day, Mm -hmm. a day, Mm -hmm. because I had not gotten ahead of God. But that was the subtlety. It was just simply, we went from just chit-chat, sitting on the couch, to he held my hand. I knew. In other cases, you talk about it. You talk about, do you, do you see us going farther? It's called a DTR, determine the relationship or define the relationship, whichever way you want to call it. It just simply means you need to talk every so often to see where you are. Cause I don't want to keep talking to you. If I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, this person is not the one. Don't, then don't play games. We're not playing with someone's heart. So you need to be talking and saying, I don't really see us going any farther or, you know, and then just leave it as it is. And I've had a few of those as well. but I haven't made it past the second or third conversation when I just didn't feel it was the right person, um, so I hope that kind of
0: answers your question yeah no that's great and I do want to let folks know here I mean bookmark here that they actually uh, Dan and Chris do talk about moving into into engagement and this is where you know a lot of people will feel more comfortable because they'll be like okay now we everything's established we know where you know who we are where we are and stuff but in the interest of time I want to back it up a little bit because I feel like we've been navigating this very the murkiest waters where everyone gets tripped up and that's this Moving from friendship to dating and whatever, just give us uh, in the in the interest of time in the last couple of minutes we have here, how should a dating relationship still honoring God, still maintaining boundaries appropriate you know purity and all that, but how should that look different from the intentional friendship stage?
5: I think you've you've removed the uh, some of the boundaries that would make it look just like a friendship. Uh, you're exclusive. You do hold hands, you know, depending on what your beliefs are, uh, maybe you kiss, uh, but you have good physical boundaries still because you're not married. So without the full commitment, you don't want to, uh, take things too far. But uh, you're, you're, maybe you've already met the, each other's families or kids if they have kids, things like that. But, um, you're, you're really beginning to see what doing life together would look like. And this doesn't necessarily – it depends on how long your intentional friendship has gone, but maybe this dating relationship isn't going to be as long, you know, if you've gotten to know them for four seasons. But but it's definitely – it's a different look than just a friendship, and it wouldn't be honoring to have more than one dating relationship going at the same time if it was somebody you're romantically interested in for the possibility of marriage.
3: And that's the key thing, too. You know, as Christians, you know, we've talked about this. You've probably talked about this multiple times on your show. There's no, technically there's no dating in the Bible. There's not this perfect plan. There is examples of relationships and which God teaches us the importance of being intentional. I wouldn't even want to be in a friendship, like even a friend with, a, you know, just a girlfriend friendship without being intentional that I'm pursuing her In the sense of that, I want to, you know, be a good friend to her and support her and trust, build trust in all those types of things. So the same thing in in, in the opposite sex dating relationship towards marriage. So but here's the cool thing about intentional dating. You can still say no. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: You can still go to that place and go, wow, now I'm getting to know you even better. Now you're even I'm seeing even more. Now we're getting, you know, kind of nervous and thinking about that next step. And then you can still say, you know what, I just don't see this. And the same thing in engagement. You can still say no, even though you bought a dress and you have a ring. Because that's the whole thing. As long as God is leading you and you're talking, you have accountability, you're sharing, you're asking questions. And even the question in the back during the dating and the engagement, we're still praying that God is going to guide you to make the right decision. And with the least amount of damage, um, if you decide that it's not the right.
0: Yeah. And that is so good because it really does kind of set the stage for doing a relationship on the any place on that continuum in a healthy way so that, you know, again, it's like if if two Christians who who are healthy and they're dating and they respect the other person and they're following God and trusting him, this thing, if anyone exits at any point, no one should have to implode. I mean, this is like, you should still be able to attend the same church. You should still, because again, as I always say, first and foremost, you are brothers and sisters in Christ and that's your, yeah. your yeah. primary relational identity and that's what will take you into eternity. And then everything else is just, you need to respect the other person and, and love them as Christ uh, loved us and and really you know, walk in, in that sacrificial way and be willing to grow in the process. And, and I just think that the way you guys outline it uh, really does a good job of giving folks something to latch on to to say okay what can i do on a tuesday in this space like how does this how does this look and so um i really yeah. appreciate it you guys um i want to let you know listening uh, those of you listening again the book is intentional relationships for singles we've been talking to Dan Hauk and Chris Wataco. and just so you know we want to make this book available to you for a gift to boundless of any amount so you go to boundless.org in fact this episode is number 700 milestone episode Uh, Just search for 700. You'll see the book cover there. Click on it. Whatever you can afford to give to Boundless, which we know you love us, okay? So just, you know, whatever you can afford uh, to keep the ministry going here. And we're going to send you this book as our thank you to you. So you make that happen. Like I said, a gift of any amount. And uh, what we've been talking about last week and this week, uh, you will be able to start applying this, putting it into practice. So Dan and Chris, it really is a privilege to have you uh, as part of the uh, team team here and part of our friendship circle at boundless and i just appreciate you for putting this to paper and i'm excited to see where it will go (laughs) and what god will do with it thank
5: you oh thanks so much lisa it's just been a pleasure to be here
0: Okay, everyone, we are finishing out the show by opening up our inbox, and I have got my friend, Josh Zaychuk here. Hey, Josh. Hey, Lisa. Good to see you. All right, you're going to answer a question today that I like to summarize by just saying friend (laughs) relationship so but this is a frustrating situation so you got to give some specific insight here um one of our ladies says i've observed a common pattern among my peers generally a christian girl becomes interested in a guy within her group of friends and she thinks they'd be a great match for each other she waits hoping the feeling is mutual for months or even years uh hello been there done that Mm -hmm. that's me editorializing okay The guy has considered her, but he isn't interested. He's either passive, doesn't have the guts to ask her out. I'm specifically thinking of situations where the guy and girl hang out in groups, but not one-on-one. Is it okay for the woman to hope things will change? And if so, for how long? Also, if the guy has already made up his mind that they aren't a good match, should he let the girl know?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I read this question. And I thought to myself, this is a will of God question. Mm -hmm. This is, I'm trying to determine God's will for my life. Is this okay to do? Um, And I had this pastor years ago who he summed up how, when you're trying to determine God's will, you can ask three basic questions. One, is this sin or is this not? So for her, uh, is it sin to want to reveal her interest in a guy? I don't think so. Um, I think you've got examples even biblically of Ruth uh, going to Boaz and letting him in on her interest. Uh, you know. So you have a biblical example there. This is not sin if she were to do that. But then the second question you have to ask is, is this wise or foolish? Because it may not be blatant sin, but it may not be very wise. Um, you may be prompting this situation to look like you're now the leader of this relationship and you're not giving him the opportunity to lead. Maybe that's foolish. Maybe that's wise. That's kind of something to self-determine. Um, Maybe get counsel on from an older woman in the church, and that's where the church can do what it should do, disciple the younger women. Um, But I think if you can answer it's not sin and it's not foolish, then you have this freedom to say, do I want to? Do I have a desire to let this young man know uh, I'm interested? But there's one other nuance of this question that I found interesting, and it was related to hope. She asked, is it wrong for me to hope? Biblical hope is an expectation. It's, it's trusting something will happen. When we hope in God, uh, we place our hope in God, we are confident something will happen. To that direct portion of the question, I would say no, you should not hope that he'll change his mind. You can desire it. You can pray to that end. You can share your interest in him, and maybe he'll change his mind. But I wouldn't hope. I think hoping is a bit too strong for what God calls us to do.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because I would say just from personal experience, like I said, myself being in this situation, friends of mine Mm -hmm. having been in this situation, there are some things that she can do. And one thing is to maybe extricate herself from this friend group Mm -hmm. or from, you know, because again, to prompt a guy to move something has to change. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I remember a group of my friends, we kind of collectively broke up with a group of guys that we were hanging out with because we could tell we were just the crutch girls, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like, um, we don't have anything to do on a Friday night, so let's just all hang out. And we finally decided we wanted to spend our time in yeah. a different way. And quite frankly, everyone thought we were all dating because we hung out together. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, well, who's going to break into that mess? Mm-hmm. And so I think there are some things, you know, maybe just make herself less available, find some other friends, maybe move into some other circles yeah. and stuff. And then if the guy is interested, he can come follow her and chase the plane. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, awesome insight. It's always great to get a guy's perspective on that, of course. And so we do appreciate you popping in today. Thanks you so bet. much. Thanks, Lisa. Okay, folks. Um, I have mentioned it before, but I'm going to mention it again. We want you to pop over to boundless.org slash survey and take our survey that we're doing because... It's almost up, y'all. Uh, you have almost uh, lost all your chances to do this. We're going to be wrapping it up pretty soon here. So go to boundless.org survey. This is where we're going to ask you about your experience with Boundless, with the show, with the site. We also want to find out some info about you, some of your likes, dislikes, kind of just a little bit of who you are. And so do that. Just take a little bit of time and help us out. I would really appreciate it. Otherwise, I will see you around next week. I'm Lisa Anderson for The Boundless Show.
4: The Boundless Show is a production of Boundless.org. Focus on the family.